0: The scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from the uh, final portion of our Lord's Sermon on the Mount, from Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 24. And Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. This was the first sermon text ever assigned to me in seminaries. was my first sermon that I was to write on. And I remember I'd written the, 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 the sermon itself, but I was looking for a good introduction. I happened to be I'm um, at my wife's workplace one day and I was talking to a woman she worked with there who was a Christian and I mentioned to her that I was working on my first sermon and I said, I've got to come up with a good introduction. And she said, well, what's your text? And I explained this text, the Built on the Rock text. And she said, well, I have a great story. And uh, a, a professor of hers at Mankato State at the time had just told this in one of her classes a few, few days earlier. And apparently, outside of town on a, on a, a small river, there was a, a young couple that had built a nice, beautiful house. And, but they had built it a little too close to the river. And the river was starting to erode. And after a while, part of their garage actually fell down into the river bank. And so the couple decided they had to have the house lifted up and for tens of thousands of dollars moved to another place on the lot in order to make sure that it wouldn't fall in. I said, that's a great introduction. Should have had to write my whole sermon. <laughs> the, uh, the imagery that our Lord Jesus gives us in this text is something that is very relatable. It's something that, that we can clearly picture and understand. And he's talking not so much about physical building of houses, of course, but the spiritual place where we build our homes, and in particular, our hope of going to heaven. Upon what will we build that that hope of going to heaven? Now it's important to understand as we look at this text that Jesus is not talking simply about crass unbelief and then those who are believers. The primary audience here is believers. The primary audience he's speaking to are those who already know of him as the Savior and who have listened to his word. We're told At the beginning of his sermon, his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So this is a lesson, actually, for those who are already in the church. He is addressing the temptation for us to, uh, for the professed Christian to to, uh, listen to his word, but not really let it be applied to our lives and to our hearts. And ultimately, he says, that is just as dangerous for us as crass unbelief. Now notice in both scenarios... He says, both of of the wise and the foolish builder, they hear the words. It says, he hears these words of mine. So both of them hear the words. So that's not the issue. The issue is not going to church. The issue is not listening to the word of Christ. The issue has to do with from the ears to the heart. That's really what the issue is. And so he's addressing what we sometimes call a dangerous disconnect. And this can happen to even very faithful Christians sometimes where we we start to disconnect just what we're hearing from what would sink down into our hearts. Listen to what Luther says about this text. The doctrine of Christ is a good and precious thing, but it is not being preached for the sake of being heard, but for the sake of action and application to life. Just earlier in this very chapter in Matthew 7, Jesus warns against false prophets and the dangers of that. But now he's really warning us about being the danger of a false hearer, of being a a false believer in that sense, if you will. So the lesson here is that the greatest challenge to my personal faith in Christ is not necessarily going to come from a false prophet. Certainly that could happen. Or maybe something that is outside of me that could happen as well but the real danger he's addressing is what can happen right inside of me because of my sinful flesh and because of spiritual apathy that can start to take place in us and we can all identify with that to not allow the word that enters my ears to really penetrate down into my heart to take lightly the whole concept of repenting of my sins and act like that's just just a bunch of words To go through the right outward motions, if you will, and, and go through saying the right things, especially in front of other Christians, but really internally not permitting this word of Christ to penetrate down into our souls. And in the process, to begin building our spiritual house, my spiritual house, on things about me, rather than on the work of my Savior. There's, there's a natural tendency inside of us, theologians call it the opinio legis, that means the idea of the law that's just in all of us, there's the sense of doing right and wrong and so on. There's a sinful tendency inside of us to kind of revert back to shifting where we build our hope of going to heaven back to something about ourselves, even if it's just partially, maybe not fully, but partially. Primarily building on our own goodness is what Jesus is describing here. The devil likes to, to take the very, the very products of our Christian faith, the, the life of sanctification that we live, the things that we do as Christians. He likes to, to take those things that are virtues that God has worked in our hearts, but have us look at them in a little different light and have us start to lean on them as if that's why God likes us so much. That's why God is so happy with me. Just look at how great my life is as a Christian. Look at how wonderful the things are that I do as a Christian. And it, it doesn't take much for the devil to take these very virtues that God himself creates in us and to kind of get us to start shifting our focus and attention onto that rather than on our Savior. But those who build their hope of heaven and not on Christ or build their hope in any way on the fact that somehow they've managed to please God so well. Jesus says here, that's a foolish builder and great will be the fall of any spiritual house that's based on yourself rather than on Christ. Boy, if there's anybody in history who knew this, it was Dr. Martin Luther. As a young man and as a monk trained in the church, he was taught the thing that's going to get you to heaven, at least partly, is you and how well you can live your life and the things you can do to make up for your sins in your life. And if you don't do them well enough, you're going to be cursed for a while at least. And so Luther tried so hard over and over. He tried to, he tried to do things to his own body that would hopefully make God feel sorry for him as if he had to be the partial savior, but he found that it just led him deeper and deeper into uncertainty and fear about God. And that's the case. Anytime you put you into the equation, anytime you enter something about yourself and what you have to do into the process of how to get to heaven, you're gonna bring uncertainty because we can never do it well enough. We can never do it good enough. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you depend in any way in your heart on something you have to produce before God, it's never going to give you any certainty. It'll just leave you with fear and uncertainty. That's why Jesus says, Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rock he's talking about is the wonderful work that he has come to do for you that God has come to do through his Christ for you, by making him go and pay the full price, not part of it, the full price for all of your guilt and sin that would have kept you out of heaven, so that God now has declared you to be innocent of all your sin, not because of something you can do, that'll never be enough, but because of what Christ has done for you, because of what his only son came into this world to work out for you. And the perfect life that you and I can't even talk about contributing to before God, God has done that as well through the work of his Son. He has had him live a holy, spotless life, and he just now credits that to you because he's a good and gracious and loving God. So these words of Christ ultimately teach us this precious way to get to heaven that he's taken care of all of it I don't care who you are here today I don't care how how bad your life has been and how sinful you have been make sure that you hear this you have a savior the 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 God of heaven has come into this world to pay for all of your sins every one of them and simply by having faith in him and trusting in him you will go through the doors of heaven It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. Thanks be to God. And because of that, you can be sure. You can be certain. If you revert back to yourself in some way or bring that into the equation, it will give you nothing but fear and uncertainty. God wants you to be absolutely positive and have full confidence that you're going to go to heaven someday. And that's what the gospel gives you. Build your hope on this rock Everything else is just sinking sand. Thanks be to God for his grace in Christ. Amen. Please rise.